All right, this is Dark Days Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and tonight I'm joined by David. How's it going, David? Hey, Mike. It's going well, uh, despite it being obviously late evening for him, for me here, and early for you. So a little bit, yeah. Who is of the three of us on tonight? Who is the most tired right now? I'm not sure. It could be me. Could be David, or it could be Chig. How's it going, Chig? It's not me. I'm well rested and uh, well adjusted, ready to start the evening. I hate you. I get that a lot. A lot. No, he's ready to rock. And a good thing, too, because you're going to be leading a lot of our discussion tonight because this episode is going to cover Deviant the Renegades, character creation. Uh, Chig has uh, prepared a character for us, which we're going to review, walk people through the character creation process, talk about and highlight some of the new rules in Deviant the Renegades, and... Uh, We'll also have a link in our show notes to the Darker Days blog, which will have a copy of the character that Chig made. Suitable for use in your next Deviant Chronicle. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be pretty rare. That's how it goes. Yeah. Because this is a fun character to play, I feel. (laughs) It is. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. It's going to be a ridiculous character. Uh, but that is what we're sometimes known for. So uh, before we get to the uh, main segment about Deviant the Renegade's character creation, let's talk about a little bit of gaming news. Yes. So uh, today, as in probably about an hour or so ago before this recording, we had an update from Renegade Studios about a new V5 book. We have uh, Sabat the Black Hand coming out soon. So the Sabat um, fluff book has just been announced by Renegade. Um, they have also kind of confirmed online through their, um, what's it called, Twitter. That's the one. Uh, that There will be a PDF with it, and they are creating a new website where you can do international orders as well. Currently on their website, it's only U.S., but they're working on it, so fingers crossed I'll be able to get a copy of it over in the in the UK at some point, maybe. Yeah, I mean, David, listen, if if you can't order a copy direct, we'll we'll make sure we can get you one somehow. You know, to be fair, it's probably cheaper for me to order it, post it to you, and then for you to post it across to me, considering international shipping laws. But maybe, maybe I don't know. You never know. Gee, what... As I was saying earlier, I could be in America next year, so we'll see. Ooh, who knows? packs in the UK. Really, do you need the Sabat outside the United States? Maybe Mexico. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Jig, oh. Jig. You remember Monty <laughs> Coven? He was a Sabat Asamite, right? Yeah, from like Detroit, right? <laughs> I don't think. Maybe. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I don't think he was. Oh my gosh. Man, revised era vampire. One of the things that me and Chris were kind of thinking of was bringing in the Sabat into the UK through Liverpool and into Manchester with our Manchester settings. So you never know. You never know what might happen on that point. But in, in regards to kind of like vampire stuff, we've also got um, Renegade Game Studios are running a V5 con, which it's effectively a V5 con, isn't it? Like they're running and giving loads of updates on what they're doing with V5. Um, over the weekend of 11th to 13th of June, which also happens to coincide with the um, Onyx Path Publishing Con. And since it's uh, all virtual conventions, feel free to double dip. You can attend both from the, the comfort yeah. of your own living room. Yeah. Have two computers. Watch both at the same time. 
Indeed, indeed. And uh, Darker Days might be at Onyx PathCon, but we're not sure and we have to check about that. So you might see us there, you might not. Uh, more on that through our uh, uh, much of our social media. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a great way to uh, get an update. And uh, Chig, how can people find our social media in one convenient place? Well, I believe they can go to our link tree, which is linktree slash darker days radio. Yeah, it's a great place to uh, figure stuff out. And also, um, I just checked Monty Coven was apparently the son of Jamaican immigrants who lived in the Hammersmith ghetto, I believe, uh, in, in London, right? Hammersmith's bad, but I wouldn't call it a ghetto. Well, that's what this, uh, um, that's what White Wolf writer said, apparently, in the, uh, in the, in the 90s. So it's World of Darknessified, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's, no, it's like okay. Hell's Kitchen in Marvel. We, we won't go into the 1990s World of Darkness stuff. David, also, remember, this is being written by someone who has probably never been to the United Kingdom. I'm going to make no comment. Yeah, but I mean, they watched every episode of Monty Python, so they basically get the gist. So here's another fun bit of news. Uh, our very own Chris was recently on the Realm of Fire episode of uh, Full Metal RPG, which is a really spicy podcast all about Games Workshop games. Man, they had some really zesty points, and uh, it was really interesting to hear about their uh, their theories about in what direction both the uh, real world game and the uh, you know fictional setting of uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand will go. Yeah, um, Rob. I know Rob really well, who's on uh, the Realm of Fire podcast, and I love just sitting around and chatting crap about Games Workshop with him. We both kind of had the same images of that. Um, I need to catch up on it. Um, it is part of Full Metal RPG, but they are running kind of as a side podcast, like we like we do Dark Hammer. Um, their Realm of Fire is kind of like a, a sub section of Full Metal, Full Metal RPG. There's a couple of episodes out now, um, and it is proper spicy. Um, Oh, yeah. Rob and Brandon uh, properly go at it sometimes. It's quite fun. Oh, it's awesome. It's, uh, oof, it is it is spicy indeed. A lot of uh, habaneros and jalapenos. And neckbeard hate. Well, in, in addition to the uh, Realm of Fire, uh, zesty, spicy RPG, our own social butterfly Chris was also on the Cool Ranch-flavored Mage the Podcast with Terry Robinson, uh, discussing secret frequencies and how to use them in Mage Chronicles. If you haven't listened to the episode, I highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. We can put links to all this in the uh, show notes so that people can check it out uh, when this episode drops and they hear about it. Uh, but we should also men- mention that uh, Chig also met up with Terry from Mage the Podcast. Super exciting. Since I'm over here on the East Coast, I made a little drive down to uh, his neck of the woods and uh, we hung out for an afternoon. And Talked about mage and podcasting and all kinds of fun stuff. It was a super fun time. You met people in real life. I am I'm not jealous of you at all in any way, shape, or form. I've met multiple people IRL. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I mean, David, you're you're gonna be fully vaccinated pretty soon. So I am fully vaccinated. Oh, Okay, it's already happened. I, I didn't realize the few weeks had passed. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully things in the UK start uh, kind of opening up soon. And I'm going to make no comment about that being in Manchester and what's just kind of happening uh, here at the moment. Right. right. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, shall we get to the main topic of the evening, guys? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes.
Okay, so tonight we're going to be talking about Deviant the Renegade's character creation. And it's interesting. You know, you can go back to our previous episode about Deviant the Renegade's uh, story and setting. And we were discussing how there's a lot of uh, vagueness with the, uh, with the setting, especially with regards to the conspiracies. And it really falls on the storyteller to develop those. And intriguingly, step one of character creation is go to your storyteller and ask them about the conspiracies. Figure out what they're going to be up against and also figure out the threat level uh, for the conspiracy. So we're kind of assuming in this situation that I'm the storyteller and Chig here is the player. So Chig, let me tell you about the, uh, the threat level and the conspiracy we're going to be dealing with. Um, so for this character creation sample that we're doing, we're going to go with the third level of threat level, which is uh, probably going to mess up the pronunciation of this, but dis dysplasia? dysplasia, dysplasia, dysplasia. Interesting. It's okay. like a LCD screen in China. A dysplasia. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So we're going with the uh, we're going with that threat level, uh, which is the third highest. Um, and there are actually. Uh, I believe, seven uh, threat levels. So there's a lot of granularity here. And now this might seem a little strange to people that we, we have to start off with this threat level, but it's not completely foreign to Chronicles of Darkness games. Uh, if you look at, uh, most famously, uh, Hunter the Vigil, that has the three tiers of gameplay. You have tier one, street level, tier two, which is the compacts, you know, kind of small organizations and the like. And then you have tier three, the conspiracy, but that's a different kind of conspiracy than we're uh, we're talking about here. Or is it? Ooh, it could, it could be a crossover. You can definitely have that. And uh, Chig also just corrected me that it's actually six levels of uh, of threat level. Uh, it's it's more granular than standard Chronicles of Darkness games that have these different tiers and levels. Do we need that kind of granularity? Mm, you could debate that point. The designers decided to go with that. Um, because these different threat levels actually do have a mechanical uh, kind of benefit to the characters and an additional mechanical challenge. So each threat level uh, has an associated total variation magnitude, which has to do with uh, mutation variation dots that the characters get, and also a conspiracy standing used for the conspiracy. So uh, for dysplasia, um, we have total variation magnitude of seven, which, uh, again, kind of tells you how many dots the character gets uh, for, for certain things. And then also a conspiracy standing of three. So Chig's going to design for us a, uh, a cool character uh, to oppose a shadowy conspiracy, which I like to call the Panama Investment Derivative. It's a group that seeks to dominate global economics by manipulating the money that rich idiots give them control of. Uh, the first tendril of this conspiracy that uh, Chig's character will encounter is the Real Development Estates LLC, a tech startup seeking to integrate man with their private property, all while buying up houses and condominiums and leaving them ostensibly empty to drive up prices in the cities and drive up prices in the market. This is not based upon real life in any way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's happening everywhere, pretty much. Um, 
and uh, it doesn't really matter if she's like where you are. You know, uh, David, yeah. you have in the notes sounds like sounds like London and Manchester. Yeah, it, it really does. Like, like half of London is is empty tower blocks because they're owned by um, uh, private investors and foreign investors who just buy them up because they know they're going to go up in money. Yeah, uh, we have that in Boston as well. Um, and I know there's been a lot of that. We in, have it down in Texas. Yeah, having in having in the West Coast and. Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, you know, it's 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 a ridiculous social situation, especially because you know a lot of these cities. I remember in London, I was actually surprised by the number of homeless that there were. It's at, it, it's ten times worse up here, and really? yet the number oh, of empty buildings is insane. But I think we can all agree that buildings designed for housing people should really be used primarily as investment vehicles, right? People, yeah. people, they're, they're fine on the streets. My money. We, we don't need anywhere to live. There's no, we just, we can just kind of scrape out of bins and live in doorways. There's nothing wrong with right. that. Exactly. See, you, you got, you got a backup plan. Yeah. You're fine. What about my cash? What's it going to do? Just sit there? No, that's ridiculous. Cash is trash, you know? Anyway. Weirdly, one of the things when you were talking about this and, and I, well, I've read this before, but when you were saying it just then, the thing that went through my head when you're talking about a tech startup company was the Piers Brosnan tech house Halloween House of Horror Simpsons episode. And I now think that the character that Jig is going to create is going to have to fight an evil house. I can do that. Character creation in uh, uh, Deviant the Renegades is a very simple, very straightforward nine-step process. And step one has already been done for us. Uh, step one is determine chronicle threat level. Mike, in his role as ST, has already done that. So if you have forgotten, just rewind about two minutes and uh, you'll hear that we are at uh, the dysplasia level. So step two is character concept. So as mentioned in uh, our previous uh, Deviant episode, uh, I said that I could make a character who's a house. And by God, I've made a character who is a house. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh mason lebrock uh was hired as an overnight security guard by the rd rde llc through a number of holding corporations and subsidiaries uh to guard a large housing block this sounded on paper like really easy money nobody lived on this property apparently it was purchased as an investment so mason would only have to sit in front of a couple a bank of computer monitors down in the basement five nights a week and walk the halls every couple of hours to make sure nobody was breaking in or squatting in one of the units. Unfortunately, he failed to read the fine print on his contract, and after he was injured, uh, rousing some squatters who were trying to get into the lobby one rainy night, uh, he, he slipped and hit his head. The floors were very wet. The, the squatters were just, you know, innocent bystanders in this. Uh, in fact, they, they called in the accident. Uh, uh, he awakened back in the basement changed. Uh, it turns out that the luxury health care package uh, that was included with the job also included some strange benefits, including an upgrade package that left Mason more machine than man. Uh, he's now able to be wired directly into the building's security system for you know ease of performing his job duties. And maybe someday, if he completes the service contract satisfactorily, He'll be able to be successfully removed, maybe. No oh guarantees there. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. So he's he's still human. He still has a human body, but he can connect into. He can he can jack in to the security system of the building. Yeah, I kind of ripped the. I I, I kind of had a uh, a little bit of an epiphany 
on uh, on my drive home from work one day and realized that you could very mm-hmm. easily make a um, closed circuit uh, security rigger from uh, Shadowrun using these rules. Yeah. So, so that's what yeah. we got. We got Mason LeBrock, Mr. House. I think it's awesome. He could be like a lawnmower man who controls a house instead of a we'll, lawnmower. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh, yes. I'm excited. All right. So step three in character generation is attributes. Um, Mason was a strong, friendly guy. But, I mean, he really wasn't the brightest knife in the box, the sharpest bulb in the, in the you know, light. Uh, so that gives him uh, physical as his primary, uh, social secondary, and mental tertiary. Um, he gets uh, strength and stamina of three, dexterity of two, uh, three in presence, two and two each in manipulation, composure, and everything in mental. Mental is kind of his dump category. Mm. Nice guy, big guy. Just you know, not 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 the brightest. Not so. I mean, okay. he's he just gets, an average average by. guy. You know, he's a Joe off the street, and then something happened to him. Uh, step four in character creation is skills. Mason was never terribly interested in book learning, uh, but he was all, always a, a big, personable kind of guy. Uh, so that means that socialist is primary with high empathy and intimidation, uh, with leftover dots in streetwise, subterfuge, and persuasion. Uh, I chose physical for his secondary with points distributed between athletics, brawl, and weaponry. And bringing up the rear again is mental with a couple of dots each in computer and investigation. Uh, this will let him do his job as a uh, a night watchman. You know, he's he, he's got the little little club to dissuade people from from breaking in. Uh, he's good with computers, good enough with computers to you know do some some security on the network and on the. Uh, you know, the, the television monitoring systems and such. And, uh, you know, he can, he can talk his way out of or threaten people to leave his property. Mm. Okay. I mean, sounds pretty straightforward. Um, nothing too fancy. Does he have, uh, does he have intimidation? That seems like it would be a, uh, he does, one. in fact, uh, since, since that's a social skill, uh, it's right up there with empathy for him. Empathy and intimidation. Oh, yep. Yep, he was in there. Well, I like how he's empathetic and calming, but can also intimidate the crap out of you. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, 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 calm yeah. down, calm down. And he's like, no, screw you. I'm big and bigger than you. And I'm all right. He doesn't, he doesn't have to, but if he needs to, can, in fact... Uh, physically remove you but it'd be great if you didn't have to mm. uh, so that brings us to uh step five which is skill specialties um you get to pick three in skills that you have mason has specialized in computer security clubs the the brawling kind not the the party kind mm. and uh calming under his under his uh, empathy ability because like i said it's easier if you can just get people to calm down and leave than it is to yeah. throw people out yeah i like it no they're all good it's showing that kind of that human side of where they come from exactly and now that brings us to where he's going step six the big one divergence this is where you take your standard run-of-the-mill security guard and mess them up so this is where they got changed around into the deviant they are tonight 
so first for origin, if you'll remember from the uh, the previous episode, uh, there was a list of origins. Uh, uh, Mason is an epimorph. Technically, he agreed to be remade, but not really. You know, he didn't he didn't run up to the front of the line and inject himself with that super soldier uh, super soldier serum, but he did sign the contract. He might not have read it, but he signed it. So, as a volunteer, he gets one scar free magnitude of a subtle variation and an extra dot of loyalty. What does that mean? Stay tuned. We'll we'll get there. After that, we go to Mason's Clade. Mason is obviously an invasive, although I almost went with coactive to have him tossing electrical bolts around, but no. He's a cyborg with all the body horror and ill-fitting parts. I mean, it's what they had on the shelves. Uh, each clade also gives you uh, a, uh, a clade-specific ability. Um, that we will not be getting into on this, but if you if you if you buy the book, it's in there, and it's a pretty neat uh, ability for each clade. Um, the cyborg one is that uh, they can they can push themselves farther, and they can uh, they can fix themselves. So, if you want more details, read the book. It's a good book. Yep. Nice. Yep. Next up, we have variations in scars. Uh, so. <laughs> onto that there's yep. one bit which you've not chosen in this but there's also forms yeah forms uh, is a, a yep. an odd thing it's not it's not really uh rules focused but if you have a a character who say they they take the um one where they're they're part elemental or they or, you know, as we were mentioning off mic, you know, you can use these rules to make a, a werewolf type character who changes into a wolf or a wolf man or whatever. Um, then you can have characters who have different forms. They, they change shape as it goes about. Uh, it's not really something that this particular character has, so I didn't go into it. But it is there as an option. Yeah, when I was reading through it, it's like this is it's very specific to certain clades and origins. It doesn't cover all of them. Like got amalgam symbiotes and transmissible and stuff like that um but i thought i'd just bring it up just before we kind of because it is another part of it and you can do some weird stuff yeah, with it there, there's some some interesting interesting things you can symbiote. do here <laughs> you, you can make venom uh, from your fighter-man comics yeah sure why not <clears throat> but moving on to variations and scars uh which is uh the deviant characters powers and their drawbacks each variation which is the power comes with an entangled scar of equal or greater magnitude except of course for the one free dot that they get from their origin uh, as mentioned way back in step one mike our storyteller has allotted every player seven points of total magnitude not including the freebie so looking over the list, uh, Mason is going to choose the following variations and accompanying scars. Uh, so for his scar-free, subtle variation, uh, he's going to get the carapace at magnitude one. Uh, Mason has bolted on armor plating. It's not the best armor plating. He's not, in fact, actually bulletproof. That would have been a higher level. But he is armored. He's armored up. Uh, he'll also get electrokinesis at magnitude two, 
which comes with the concentration scar, also at magnitude two. Uh, it says that you can have scars of higher value than your than your uh, variation, but I really don't see the point. I don't think it gets you much, but it's an option. So if I don't say it, just assume that the magnitude and scar are at equal levels. Uh, so with the electrokinesis, he can control the input and output of electronic devices and systems, but he has to, you know, concentrate to do so. Uh, he can't multitask while doing it, and if he gets hurt while controlling something, he loses that control. And now that I think about it, that's how spellcasting works in Dungeons & Dragons. So mm -hmm. he is a computer mage. He's got fire oh my gosh. with electricity. A... What was it in... Uh... Not the sensei. That was the old term. Was it? Uh, was it technomancer? It wasn't technomancer in Shadowrun? It was technomancer in fourth edition. It was technomancer, yeah. yeah. And then there was one. Then there were oh ones that were like, born that way. They were innate. I think that was also in fourth edition. But yeah, I stopped playing at third. So <laughs> right. the 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 variations that he's had previously are universal. They're open to anybody. But uh, I wanted to get a little bit more into his. Uh, is clade. So from the invasive specific variations, uh, Mason's going to pick up integrated technology at magnitude three uh, with the conspicuous appearance scar, uh, conspicuous appearance scar at an equal level. Uh, this represents the various hookups and tech integration equipment that has been installed in poor Mason's broken young body. Um, so he can, he can pick up any piece of technology and, basically make it a part of himself temporarily like he can pick up a cell phone and now he has a built-in cell phone on his arm or uh at level three he can pick up uh like a pistol and he can fire it without ever having to reload and batteries never run down on on the devices that he has integrated at this level it's uh it's a Whoa. neat power and i thought it would uh you know play into his integration kind of guy i've got the japanese movie is it tetsuo yeah that's one you're thinking of yeah. oh my gosh that's freaky that's, that's what this dude does yeah he just kind of guns come out of his chest and yeah and finally uh we will grab the omnicompetence variation at magnitude two meaning that mason doesn't suffer from un untrained penalties on skill rolls and also once per chapter until the end of the scene, he can effectively have a dot in every skill. So nice. Every, yeah. Uh, he just knows how to do stuff. Um, probably from watching videos on the internet, which is why it's just one dot. But, you know, hmm. uh, sadly, uh, this variation comes with the amnesia scar. Uh, meaning that Mason forgets things about his life from before the divergence. And in fact, can't remember one key defining event of his life at all. Which event did he forget? I don't know. He forgot. But it was probably something important, like a family or, yeah, you know, something big. Yeah. I mean, yeah, scar scars need to be big and damaging to the characters i think that's really a, a really critical part of this entire game um i really like omnicompetence because if if i were designing his character i would make it like he had like a, a vhs port or something you know a vhs player just stuck into him and that's how he always would learn a skill he's like all right 
was putting the tape for um a the weird, 1990s yeah, for painting. For, yeah, like Bob Ross. between video and the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going for like even old school or Matrix, right? Because there you go. You got your operator putting in everything and maybe using a disc or something. But like, no, I want a VHS tape. I think it'd be awesome. How is it so going to store all these VHS tapes? I don't know. They're real cheap. Real cheap, you guys. VHS tapes, they give them away. <laughs> yeah, they do oh, you now. Yeah. Maybe it's Betamax. Whoa. Oh, that <laughs> the, the poor the poor deviant with a Betamax player. It's better fidelity, but still. <laughs> <laughs> So also one thing I wanted to highlight with the um with the variations is that this is really where you get to really customize the characters in a way that you cannot in other Chronicles of Darkness games, right? Because right. not only do you have the scars, which give you a whole thematic element and really play into uh, a lot of the uh, role-playing options for a character, uh, this is also where, because of the uh, deviations on the variations, a lot of terminology here, the deviations let you really customize the characters um, and also really just add like another step to to the character creation process. And I, I think they're I think they're really good. Uh, Chig, as you were designing this character, I noticed that you didn't have many uh, deviations included. Uh, was that was that a purposeful um, avoid, avoidance of them or? did you just feel they weren't really necessary for this character? Because I remember uh, playing this at uh, Onyx PathCon last year. That was a, that really seemed to cause a lot of confusion with just like all the uh, the variations that we had on our character sheets and uh, keeping track of what they all meant. This actually comes back to something me and Chig were talking about before we actually kind of went live, I think. But I'll let Chig kind of talk about it. So there are just a ton variations and they're 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 broken down by by clade they're broken and then of course there's a universal spec you know you can be a giant you can have armor you can be you know have a super ability but for this particular character i and you know given the uh, the power level of the the game that we're creating this for uh i got seven points to work with and i could have had seven you know level one variations which are are very handy. You know, I could have had, you know, a plus one to seven of my attributes or whatever, uh, just to represent that he was, you know, faster, stronger, smarter, whatever. Um, but I, I, I felt like for this particular character, um, the ones that I picked are really what made sense. He didn't, he didn't strike me as particularly aquatic, for instance. And, um, I didn't need him to have, you know, any shape-shifting abilities. Although I looked at it, I'm not going to lie. I, I looked at a, a way that I could just make him turn into a house, which you can do in this. He can have a, a separate form uh, where he gains size and he gains armor and he gains uh, stamina because he's, you know, literally a brick house. Um, right. But I did not go that route. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to, but uh, no, I really like this character so far. And I think you, you made some great decisions here. But but yeah, like like you said, there are there are a lot of options and there are... So many little special abilities you can choose within those options. Like for the Omnicompetence, I picked the one where he gains one dot in everything. Another option at uh, at this level of Omnicompetence was he gains three dots in one particular skill he doesn't have any dots in right now. So he could just, you know, download WebMD and be a three dot uh, medicine character for for a, the end of a, for a, a scene. Awesome. Yeah, that's really good. So I know we're kind of like in the middle of character creation, but I feel like this is a good point for kind of a tangent, like a real talk tangent. 
you know, reading through Deviant the Renegades, you know, we mentioned this last time, Onyx Path does not like to say that this is a superheroes game, but when we get to this power section with the variations and we look at the, the whole host of deviations that you can pick for those, I really see the design philosophy of, say, champions, right? Uh, that has the exact same, you know, basic power structure with multiple, like, variations and other other specialties that you can apply to those powers. Uh, and and I feel like that was, um, if not the inspiration for Deviant, it's, it's uh, very interesting that they went the exact same route. It's definitely in the DNA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's an extra step for character creation that you would not see in other Chronicles of Darkness games. Um, I would not say that that's an issue, especially uh, I would say the real key thing, and they have a lot of room on the character sheet. Uh, you should make notes of what the power and the very uh, the deviations do uh, on those powers, because uh, you, if you're gonna have to quickly consult a power in the book, it means you need to read the base power and then also find all the variations as well. And that could be a little time consuming and slow yeah. you down. So I think it's really important for this game to just make sure you do copy down that information so that you have it right in front of or you. Or at least uh, easily accessible. At least write down which variation you chose. Because like I said, there every every power, no, not every power, but almost every power has between two and a dozen little sub powers that it can do. And as you as you raise up your variation, you get access to more and more of those subpowers. So you know, level level two maybe choose one of these, and level two maybe you get both of those, and level four maybe you get both of those, and also more from this list. And it just goes on and on. It's a it's a lot. It's not just you know, all right. Well, you get two dots of aspects, so you can see auras. And also, you have heightened senses. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool that you get all these options. That you, you can create some absolutely bizarre, bizarre combinations of powers and, and variations and all sorts of weird stuff. But as much as this is kind of one of the great selling points of the game, I, I find it overwhelming. Yeah, it... it, it yes. There were a lot of options. Yeah. If you're looking for a quick character generation system, this is not it. Now, maybe if somebody made up a uh, a random chart, <laughs> roll D10 down the line. <laughs> you know what? Chick, that's your challenge. Do that, and we'll put that up on the, the oh, board. Oh, no, somebody who is not me <laughs> needs to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Yeah, we, could, we could do that, and you know what? That wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, just like a random random character generator for deviants. I mean, just if you're like you're running a one shot or something, just roll it up, see what happens. Uh, that that would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just really wanted wanted to bring this up is because I don't think there's any, I don't really see any mechanical issues with variation and deviation, uh, and how the power structure is. But I really do want people to be aware uh, that. If you just pick up Deviants and you're like, all right, I need to make characters really fast, it's not going to happen. Um, we had a, uh, when we ran it at, or I played it, um, but it was run by, run by uh, Nick from Gehenna Gaming at uh, Onyx PathCon. We, we did, we had a real talk afterwards and also talked to one of the, uh, one of the writers on the game and everyone universally agreed that uh, there was a lot of content to dig through, not just to create the characters, but also if you're just handed a character, 
uh, you have to read through large swaths of the book just to figure out what all your powers mean. Um, and that's, again, it's not bad. It's just something to be aware of, I think. Just to take this as, a con as, as an idea of how much there is in there, I've just kind of flicked through. The character generation section is over 100 pages long. Yeah, I, I believe so it. that includes that's including like all the variations in the scars and stuff. So you're looking at a hundred pages worth of material there, um, and that's a lot. It's really cool. A lot of the stuff they put in here is like, as you say, there's aquatic. You can be a fish, uh, merman. You want to pop merman. Uh, there's also miniaturization, so you could be a miniature fish who has pyrokinesis um, and stuff like that. So you can do some really, really cool stuff. Yeah, and I mean, again, we mentioned Champions. That book is gigantic, right? So uh, this, is, this is much more compact by comparison to some other superhero games. Not a superhero game. But, right, I know. <laughs> Not technically a superhero game. I know. I literally just made a miniature fire-breathing fish. So, no, it's not a superhero game. It's a weird game. Anyway. So still on step six of character generation, uh, next up, we choose our loyalty and conviction touchstones. So this is what deviants get uh, get to use in lieu of the uh, other morality systems prevented, presented in other uh, Chronicles of Darkness games. Um, every character gets three dots of convictions and one of loyalty and one based on their aforementioned origin. Uh, so convictions are people, groups, or places that the remade feels animosity toward, while loyalty is those who they care about and try to protect. Um, so rather than just having, you know, a, a standard moral guideline, you know, killing is, you know, morality 10, make a roll. Um, Deviant is much more about connections to people, groups, places, things like that. Uh, so our sample character here, Mason, uh, feels loyalty toward his housing block. You know, it's a living. Uh, he lives there. And uh, towards Jenny Adams, who is a young woman who comes by occasionally to check on him, bring him food, and keep him from going completely insane. Um, he doesn't know it, and I didn't have it written down in the show notes, but uh, in my mind, uh, Jenny is uh, probably somebody who has sent by the uh by the conspiracy to check on him um but it's okay because he still feels loyalty toward her uh his conviction touchstones meanwhile are uh james hinckley uh the corporate recruiter for the conspiracy who he feels tricked him into his current life um a gang of teens who keep trying to break in to party on the ground floor level of the building, and Mr. Baxter. Mr. Baxter is a small yappy dog whose owner walks him over to the building three times a day just to poop on the lawn. <laughs> and the owner never picks up the poop. Mr. Baxter is a constant thorn in Mason's side. That's Incredible. amazing because of the way stability works. <laughs> you're right oh my gosh Chigger, you're an evil you're an evil player evil story you would if you made this character and gave it to someone you would be eating with james is easy but dealing with mr baxter i would just oh no no you're an evil man what do you mean 
What do you, what stability? What, 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 what do you mean? I don't, I don't know what that is. What, what are you talking about? Are you going to try and make me understand, uh, understand the rules for stability now? No, I'm going to make uh, you try to explain them to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. Um, so what, uh, let me, I, I was reading this before and stability kind of, when we were saying, like Mike was saying earlier about, uh, it's about those interactions between people. Um, and th- this is where it all kind of comes in. So the divergence and the, the renegades, their idea is that they have to go out and um, stop the people who did this to them. And that is generally what you see when people do touchstones and they do their convict, uh, what are they called? Convictions? Yeah, convictions. The bad people. These are the people that the, 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 the deviants want to go out and stop. Um, and it's kind of like that story hook that the, the, the PCs give the storyteller that they're going to go out and fight. And these are the people who are driving them mad and have upset them. Um, and so whenever you um, fight against your convictions and do things against your convictions, you become more stable. However, when you kind of do bad things against your um, people that you have loyalty to, you become instable. There's three, lab- lab- there's three levels of instability. There's minor, medium, and major. And it kind of works a little bit white, kind of the same way that willpower works. If you do something minor against one of your loyalties, you get a slash. If you do something a little bit more than that, you get a, an X, and then you get a hash for the major ones. Um, your stability is generally five plus your... Is it acclamation? Um, I think. Yes. Yes. So acclamation. Acclamation. Um, it's kind of how how far along you are at dealing with your madness, in a way. And for the record, Mason has an acclamation of zero. He is so in he's... no way well adapted to his changed form. Yeah. And so Mr. Baxter is in for a load of crap. Literally. Uh, well, now here. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I chose Mr. Baxter for a reason. So like you said, if you, if you act to further the, uh, the good feelings with your, um, your loyalty uh, touchstones, then it helps mm-hmm. you. If you, work, if you do something to, to hurt or upset your loyalty touchstones, it works against you and vice versa with conviction. So if Mason uh, upkeeps the property, he, you know, he fixes some broken windows. He, you know, walks the halls, make sure nobody's getting in. He, he does it. He does his job, quote unquote, does his job because he has loyalty to the housing block. Well, hey, that's good. That helps him. Um, when Jenny comes by to check on him, if he talks to her about her day and, you know, makes her feel as welcome as she can in his creepy underground lair, then that also helps him. Um if Mr. Ba- if if Jimmy comes by and uh, you know wants to check on his uh, his investment here, his the property that he's technically the the manager of, or he wants to you know check on Jimmy, um, I'm, I'm, if he wants to check on Mason, then uh, if Mason is nicer to him than he strictly needs to be, then that's working against Mason's. Uh, stability if he just acts like a machine toward jimmy if he's 
just does the the minimum required of his job, then that is, you know, kind of kind of needling Jimmy, kind of working against Jimmy's better interests. So that's that works out well that that's that's, you know, a negative toward his conviction, which is what he wants. You want to be negative towards your convictions. If if Mason lets the the gang of teens who are trying to break in to have parties down in the lobby, if he just opens the door one day and lets them in, well, that 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 leads toward instability because he's working against his his convictions. Uh, he's working against his uh, his his morality. He doesn't want to let these people in. He's he's supposed to you know protect this property. He's he's working against you know his his basic. His core programming, to use for lack of a better term. Now, Mr. Baxter, little yappy dog, comes by, poops on the lawn. Jimmy is supposed to maintain the property. He's not supposed to have poop sitting out on the lawn. He hates Mr. Baxter. He's not going to murder this poor little dog. But he might do things to dissuade the dog from coming by, since, you know, he is connected to the building. He could turn on the sprinklers whenever Mr. Baxter squats down or lifts his little hind leg or whatever. He could do things to run the little dog off. Um, he could uh, maybe go across the street and make that lawn look better for pooping on. There's all kinds of options here. It does. I mean, it has to be antagonistic, but it doesn't have to be combative. If you if you get yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I think I think that's one of the things about that stability thing is it's not a combative thing. It's very much about the interactions between those convictions and loyalties. It's it's the social it's a social thing. So you 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 are a to put it bluntly, you are a superhero. You you've got massive powers, but one of the main things about the story aspect is it's that social interactions of how you deal with people. It might require role playing. Oh my no. god! Oh no, no, no! You can't do that. It's got to be. It's got to be um, math finder. We've got to do all the maths. Stop making me do role playing. That's not what I'm here for. Obviously, that's the way you do it. You, you whip out your gun. You shoot the little dog. Problem solved. Oh no! You said it, not us. That that's step six. That's that's the end of it. You know, the end of it is uh, determine your acclimation. You can you can buy acclimation up with freebie points if you want, or I'm sorry, freebie points with merit points if you want to. I chose not to because it makes the character seem more fun. If uh, for me, this particular character, if he is kind of weird and not at all mentally stable due to due to his uh, due to his uh, his recent shift into being more machine than man, twisted and evil. Acclimation points are really expensive as well. So speaking of merit points, that brings us to step seven of character creation. Merit time! You get ten dots of merits. Like we just said, you can spend all of them for two points of acclimation if you want to be a fairly well-adjusted uh, deviant renegade freak, but uh, I chose not to do that. Um, these are mostly the standard Chronicles of Darkness uh, merits like Direction Sense or Eidetic Memory, uh, with a few deviant specials tossed in like flashback or shared suffering. Uh, Mason splits his 10 points between language. Uh, for one point, he can habla espanol. Uh, shared suffering, uh, which is a two-point merit, which gives him bonuses on empathy and medicine with other deviants because he can feel their pain and know what they're going through and know what they've gone through. They also have their small yappy dogs to deal with. Uh, Air of Menace uh, for two points because he's scary looking. 
uh, Demolisher for three points because he's good at breaking stuff. And Hardy for two points uh, because he's got a lot of machinery inside of him. So I figure that makes him more resistant to diseases and poison and being strangled and stuff. So that seems like that's mostly new deviant stuff that you're highlighting. It's a good it's a good mix, I felt. I mean, language yeah. is, is always around. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, step eight is determine advantages, where you use simple math to determine the character's willpower, health, speed, initiative, and defense attributes. Uh, and finally, you pick an aspiration, which is a short-term goal your character wants to accomplish. Uh, Mason wants to buy a pig. Wait, wait, wait. Nope, sorry. Wrong game. Uh, Mason wants to make more friends. Uh, Jenny's great and all, but he wants people to treat him like a person again instead of a messed up semi-robotic monster. Finally, there is a ninth step that I do not go into on this character creation, which is uh, determine how all of your characters fit together as a group, because this is uh, the only character we're creating. He fits together as a group very poorly. Or incredibly well, depending on your point of view. And that, as far as I can tell, is character generation in Deviant. Nice. There we go. Chig, thank you so much for putting that character together. Uh, a lot of fun. You know, pretty, pretty goofy, but... Uh really insightful and you really stepped up to the challenge of making this dude into a house and uh you could do that in demon and now we proved it that you can do it in deviant and i made this character in under an hour and a half i had the idea for this character while driving home or driving yeah home from work got home opened up the book and said i'm gonna scrap the guy that i made previously in the week and i'm gonna make a new better character And i think this is a new better character Okay. So how how long did just out of curiosity, how long did it take you to create the first character? Uh the first character took me hours. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, go, yeah, going back and forth through those uh through those variations and scars and how they interact and um oh yeah. Goodness, they all have keywords uh, and and scars can there, there's three different flavors of scars and there's three different types. Of, uh, of variations, I didn't go into that for this character. It's all it'll all be on the character sheet that we're gonna post up in with, with this. But uh, yeah, Whew. yeah. So there's like over and and subtle variations and all sorts of stuff that go on top of this. It's like, ugh. yeah. But but from our from our sample size of uh, one person, that's kind of interesting to note. So uh, if you it takes a while for the first character, but your second character, you're a lot more familiar with it. You know what the power options are. It's a lot quicker to make the character. 90 minutes is still pretty long for a uh, Chronicles of Darkness character. I think you usually crank them out in like 30 or so. So that's, uh, that's still a little lengthy. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a nice little anecdote right there. I think this is also really important to note uh, because if you have a group of new people to Deviant and you're, uh, you're starting a new game, I think you're really going to want a session zero for everyone to be there making their characters. Uh, I think that's going to really help stuff out, especially because you're going to need to talk about the conspiracy. You're going to need to uh, figure out like if they have similar, um, you know, convictions uh, and, and loyalties. Origins and clades. And did everybody sign up for this? You know, or, you know, was somebody caught in the blast from the other guys? Volunteer. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're going to want a session se uh, session zero, so you can hash out the world the openness of the actual story that we said in the, the previous episodes like that can come straight across into this as well because there's so many options there and those vary in the way the variance and the scars and the deviations all kind of interact with each other 
it gives you so much freedom in the story. And then that the 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 tier system in in the setting of how many points and stuff that you get brings in another level of freedom in the story. It's like it's completely open as to how you want to do this. So um it's very much an open world game throughout. Um, which gives you a lot of options and it tries to throw a lot of those options at you um, and then combine all those options together to give you more options and then there's more options on top of that because who doesn't need more options I love it but I think there's too many options also yeah, before, I'm, I'm before we go before we go I want to point out that neither of you caught the subtle joke that the character's name is Maison Lebrock, which is French for the brick house. I did see Mason. I was like, oh, Maison. Uh-huh. 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 Also masonry, but uh, yeah, that's clever. I like it, Jig. Good job. I have my moments. <laughs> I'm just waiting for um, the many layers because this character, this character generation obviously has many layers between it and we end up with the onion and then we end up with Shrek. So I'm still waiting for Shrek to appear at some point. Oh my gosh! Here you go with your Shrek and your gingerbread man. I mean, that's that's another another uh, reason to have a session zero because if everyone goes off and makes their own character, and then you're just like, we'll figure it out session one. Why everyone's together? It's going to be ridiculous. It's never. David's going to be Shrek. I'm going to be a Ninja Turtle. Chig's going to be a house. We're going to have a half angel over in the corner. It's just going to be a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you're going to want a session zero if for no other reason than to to set the tone and tie everything together. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps us up then. Um, in closing, uh, as always, you can find us basically everywhere on the internet. Uh, our links are at linktree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Darker Days Radio. You can email us at darkerdaysradio at gmail.com. And like I said, we're on all the social medias. Uh, go to our linktree to find out more. Uh I'd like to thank uh, Mike and David for joining us this evening. Guys, it was a pleasure. I'm glad you enjoyed the character. And uh, we'll get that character sheet up uh, on the on our website, which, again, you can find at our link tree. Until next time, be nice to Mr. Baxter and stay safe out there. This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. Occam's Laser.